Hey guys, Queen Cooley here. How are you? Welcome uh, to another video. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Queen Cooley. I am a clear channel for God, for spirit, for the divine, for my totem animals, for my ancestors, your ancestors. I'm also an animal communicator and I can talk to animals here or who have passed over. And I am an activator. My job here on earth is to activate you, help you get into a clear alignment with your soul purpose and help you live your best life and show you things that you may need to either be surprised at like, yay, that's awesome. Or something like, Ooh, that's gotta go. That energy needs to go so that new great energy can come forward. So I do take personal clients. I have the Brave Academy and I'm starting a member's um, website, which I'm really psyched about. So that's in two weeks or less. So all the information will be below. This is a bit different. Um, I am a Master Life Path 11, as you may or may not know. And by the way, welcome. If this is your first time, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like and share, subscribe and leave comments. I read them all, respond to them as much as I can. And if this is your, um, I don't know, hundredth time, thank you so much for being here, for watching the videos. I know that you have lots of choices and I really appreciate it. Um, from now until the end of the year, I'm gonna be doing things differently. I'm going to be really ramping up. Uh, so there's gonna be a lot more fun things on the channel for you. So, but today I want to do something different. Uh, I am Master Life Path 11, and I have been doing this work for a while now, um, helping people figure out why they're stuck, what their purpose is, what their gifts are, and getting them unstuck, right? And I wanted to, you know, helping helping people, helping animals, that's what I live for, right? As you probably do too. Um, lately, probably the last couple of months, I've been getting a lot of requests for my life story to potentially help you guys. The whole reason that I did this was because I had a very frustrating life. Being an 11 is not easy. Um, I guess no number is easy to deal with a lot of the time, but 11s, 22s, and 33s especially we are uh, processed differently. Um, and for many of us, you yourself may be included in this. If you're very empathic, if you're very sensitive, you may have felt alone a lot of your life. You may have felt like you don't belong here. You belong somewhere else. You don't know where that is, but you belong somewhere else because you're down here with these crazy fools, uh, the normies, as we call them. And uh, it's just a little fun there, you guys. I mean, I'm, I, I can't be so serious all the time, right? But Honestly, uh, I've always been the type of person that can be in a room full of people and feel alone, even family members. Uh, I feel like most of the time people don't understand me because as a master number, we like to go deep. We don't do top level stupid stuff to talk about. We are not the, the person that you want to talk to if you just want to be like, so how's the weather? It's like, we don't do that. We like to go deep because we're curious and because we want to help, but because we're just deep people too. So 
anything that I tell you on this channel is to help you. It's not because I'm so awesome and it's my ego. It's not meant to be that way. So I hope it doesn't come across that way. It's really about if I see a ditch and I fell into it and you're standing in front of it, I want to say, hey, wait, wait, go around, right? Because I don't want you to experience the pain that I went through. If I can save you any of that, it's worth it to me to do that, to help you. So I am going to talk about my life uh, for you. Hopefully this will help you. The whole point of this, when people asked me about it, was to talk about you know difficulties that I've endured and how I got through it. So maybe what I went through will help you somehow. So I'm going to be doing it in a couple of videos because otherwise it would be too long. So I made a list and I basically took out probably the most important parts where I learned the greatest lessons. And um, and yeah, let's talk about it. So this first group is going to be my early life uh, when I was young. And I will share what happened and I will also share the lessons that I learned from it and hopefully they'll help you. So the first one that I want to tell you about was at a movie theater. When I was maybe nine or 10 years old, I want to say nine, a little back, a little backstory. Let me frame this for you. So both of my parents um, had both of them. They never divorced. I was very lucky. I had a sister, a younger sister. I'm the oldest. She's two years younger than I am. We're very close. And we were just, you know, a small little family. My parents were both overachievers. They met at college. And my mother was a secretary back in the day. And then she was very, very smart. And she went to work for a big company. And she worked for the president uh, slash CEO of a very large company. Um, so she was his everything. She was his, not just his assistant, she would handle his personal life, like in terms of um, he had a family and they were very wealthy and he had a boat, like one of those big ricotta boats that they uh, race in Newport, Rhode Island. So she would help, you know, coordinate that, getting it into the water. If he had a race, she did everything for this guy. This guy was made millions and millions of dollars, a very smart person. And she worked for him for years, very high pressure job and very much a job that everyone sees you. So she would get up early, leave early, put on a suit and then come back late at night, um, you know, like eight o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever. She worked really long hours, a lot of pressure. She was also a teacher. My dad was also a teacher. He was a um, started out as a disc jockey. And he then went on to get his doctorate degree and he taught at colleges for over like 35 years. He also made videos and had his own production company and he did a lot of work for many different companies. He actually um, won many, many awards, like boxes and boxes and boxes. I can't even tell you how many, unfortunately, when he passed away, we had to throw some of them out because there were just too many to keep. But ones that he did win that met something were Telly Awards. And if you don't know what those are, they're for outstanding videos. And they're basically like Oscars. They're that important. So um, he won and he would script his own movies. Um, he was he did a lot of documentaries. 
and he won a ton of awards. So basically my parents were very high achievers. They always worked. We were middle-class um, and they taught us how to be humble and how to work hard. And that what you did was you set a goal for yourself. And when you hit that goal, you, you made another one. You didn't just rest on your loyals ever. There's no resting. Okay. No resting. You're always in motion. You're always working towards your next goal. You're always working one or two jobs to save money so that you can have the things that you want in life. And you should have nice things. There's nothing wrong with that, but you do have to earn money and work for it. Right. So that's the backdrop of how I grew up. So when I was nine years old, my parents were very cultured and culture meant a lot to them, the arts, um, playing instruments. We love to see movies, uh, live shows like the Nutcracker, the ballet, things like that. And uh, they took me to a movie, which I don't remember the name of. And it was about the Holocaust with the Jews and the Nazis. And there was uh, the star of the show is about Corey Ten Boom um, and her struggle. And I believe she was a Jew. I, I said, it's been a long time since I, I, I never revisited this movie and I'll tell you why. Uh, anyways, it was about the Holocaust and it was about Jews in concentration camps and the um, also the Germans that were running them. And there was one scene, now my parents, I mean, I was nine. I mean, I guess I understand that they wanted us to see a lot of things and experience things so that we could know kindness. How can you know kindness if you've never known what people can do to each other on a bad level, right? Um, anyways, I went to we went to the movies and I was watching it took it all in. There was one scene where they took Corey Ten Boom's hand and put it on a table and took out a hammer and crushed her hand. Now I'm very bad with blood. I pass out. I can't handle it. I feel lightheaded. I only can help somebody until people come. Like if it's an emergency, obviously. And then once they come, I'm like, I'm out. I have to go lay down myself. So seeing this on the movie theater, really, really big, you know, blood everywhere. Ugh, it was horrible. And I felt so sick. And I ran outside. My father followed me and I was sick. And he couldn't understand it. He thought, oh, did you eat something bad? And I'm like, no, 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 it's the movie. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like the movie with the blood and everything. I made me so sick. I just was like vomiting. It was terrible. And that's when I think he really realized how sensitive I was. I'm a very highly sensitive empath. So sensitive that I can feel others pain if I want to, which I don't want to. Um, and this was something that I never forgot. He never forgot. And you know, the important piece of this was that I didn't know at the time, because I didn't know what I was walking into, what my threshold was in terms of what I can see and accept and can't. And it's funny because a lot of empaths will say, yeah, I can't watch any violence at all. I can. I actually like a lot of action movies. I love movies that have like Kung Fu in them, like a lot of John Wick stuff. 
but the blood thing, if I guess I can watch it usually because I know it's fake, it's not real, but stuff that's real, like a documentary. No, I can't do that. So this was just basically everybody else. Think of a packed movie theater, watching a movie. Nobody blinks an eye. Nobody feels a thing except for virtually. And I'm not even so sick that I, you know, can handle it. I actually have to get up and leave and go outside and be sick. So it was terrible. It wasn't fun. It happened. Um, and that's when I had to really realize, you know, what I can and can't handle. Um, I guess I, I underestimated, you know, how that would make me feel. So let me know if that resonates with you. Um, another, the year after that, when I think I was about 10, uh, my grandmother lived in Maine. And so we were a couple states away. It was actually quite a long haul to get up there because she was actually at the very top of Maine. So she was across from the border of Canada. So she was all the way at the top. And so it took us all day to get there. It was probably like a 10, 12 hour journey by car, but very, very close to my grandmother. Uh, I'm a lot like her. She still helps me to this day, even though she's passed on and has been for quite a long time. She comes to me all the time and she helps me. She was very gifted to the point where my father, who was in college, would come home and surprise her and take the train and she'd have everything ready for him. She was quite the baker. And so she'd have all his favorite food out and he'd be like, how should I was coming home? We didn't have cell phones back then, obviously. This was back in the day, way back in the day. And she'd be like, I just knew you were coming. So she knew things. She saw things. She experienced things. That's that's how she was. So another well, one of my, her sister, my aunt, had a really nice place on a lake. And so she was actually taking a trip. So my dad took my sister and I, I think my mom was working, up to Maine. And we didn't stay at my grandmother's. We stayed at the lake cottage. It was beautiful. Way, way out there. I'm talking boonies. There aren't lights. Um, you know, uh, it was a, like a dead end, you know, kind of like how a lot of lakes still are dirt road. And, um, I, you know, we were having fun, uh, nothing weird going on, just, you know, kind of playing board games, um, my sister and I with my dad and we went to bed and I had a cousin, um, and he was a couple of years older than I was. So we all went to bed, normal night, no big deal. And I got woken up in the middle of the night. And when I say woken up, I mean, like, I basically set up like, whew, like what's going, you know, when you're awake, like something's going on, what's happening here, something's wrong. I was fully awake. And I heard in my, in my ears, I heard, you need to leave now, right now. And it was so strong in me. I was like, first of all, I don't even know who's talking to me. Second of all, like, it's like two in the morning, not going anywhere. This is stupid. Like I'm trying to lay back down. And as I did, the voices got louder and louder and loud, like, get up. You have to get up now. You have to leave right now. And I'd be like, stop. Like, I don't know who you are, but I couldn't even process it. And they were like, get up, get up now, get up. You're in danger. Get up. You're in danger. Your whole family's in danger. Now you must leave now to the point where I did get up 
And I told my dad and I said, dad, we have to leave right now. Now he must have thought his daughter was absolutely crazy. We're in the middle of the night. We're all sleeping. We're at a really nice, you know, cottage, you know, on the lake. We've just started our vacation. I think it was our second night there. We were probably um, 20 minutes from my grandmother's place. And I was like, dad, we have to leave now. We got to go now, right now, right this minute. And I bugged him so much. He's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know. All I know is I am being told we have to leave now and we are in danger. We have to leave. He believed me. He didn't know why, but he believed me. And he's like, all right, this is stupid, but we got to get some sleep. So I, I'm tired of listening to this. We're going to go to your, your grandmother's. Okay, we did. Went to bed, thought, you know, not too much of it. We'll talk about this in the morning. I'm like, okay, crap, I'm in trouble. The next day we got up to the news of, I had a co this cousin who was going down a bad track in life. He was, uh, he was stealing, he was 15, 16 years old. He was stealing things from um, like a CVS or Walgreens. Um, he was using drugs. Um, I think he was smoking way more than pot. I think he was doing a lot of other things like meth or something like that. He was a good kid. He was my closest cousin and I really felt close to him. But at this time he had been arrested for stealing and he was in a boy's, you know, house, whatever he was arrested and he was staying there because he wouldn't be tried as an adult. And he was very sensitive I know a lot of bad things happened to him in that place. And his, his mother was my father's sister. And he escaped that night and he stopped at the cottage and he had some cereal and then he was trying to escape and then they arrested him there. Now, what are the chances of that happening? That I was woken up in the middle of the night saying, you guys are in danger. You have to leave right now. It is now, 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 life and death. Now, you don't know what kind of state he was in. He would have never hurt us. I truly believe that he wasn't on drugs because he had already been arrested and was in the home or wherever they, you know, it was kind of like a jail, but it wasn't a jail it was for juveniles, but he was desperate. You never know. He could have, you know, taken a knife out, held it to somebody's throat. If the cops came, I, you know, who knows? Um, that was like, okay, wow, that's here. And my grandmother kind of pulled me to the side and she was like, you did a good thing, you know, and your father loves you enough that he listens to you no matter what, because you can always ask questions later. So that was really listening to my guides, listening to my intuition, which was, you've got to go now, no matter how crazy it sounds, you need to listen to that voice. I've said that before. I was just talking about it with a client today all these years later, that intuitive voice that you have. And sometimes it screams, but a lot of times it's very small. You need to listen to it. That's your higher self and your guides coming through to help you and guide you rightly. And anytime I've ever gone against it, bad things happen, right? You know, a job that I thought would be perfect for me, not so much. Or a person that I thought would be perfect for me, not so much. So I listen to it now. But if you think about it, you're on vacation, 
right? I'm young, 10 years old, whatever. And I'm telling you, we got to leave now and it's two or 3 a.m. You'll be like, sit down, go back to bed. What's wrong with you? We'll talk about this later. So that was a big one. And that was about really me listening to myself and my dad listening. So thank God he did. And one of, lastly, I'm going to give you another scenario. This scenario, um, a lot of these, you know, stuck with me, but this one in particular stayed with me my entire life. And if I can think of one thing that happened to me uh, that really hurt me moving forward as a human with my gifts, this was it. I was in kindergarten and, or maybe preschool, whatever. I'm not good with numbers and names. And I was very young. And my dad and mom had always said, you can be anything you want to be. Anything you want to be, you can do it. Anything you can think of, you can achieve it. If it comes to your mind, you know, God may have put something on your heart. That's a task only for you to complete. You can be anything. You can have anything. Reach for the stars. That's what I was always told. There was one particular class that I had that the teacher hated me, didn't like me. I don't know why. Sometimes this happens to me. People get a vibe that they think it's an ego, but it's really my gifts and they don't like it. They think it's me challenging them. If I ask a question, plus I was a very curious child, still am. Like I always love to learn. I always love to read, like to learn new things. I feel if you're not learning, you're dying inside. I don't remember what it was about, but whatever happened was the teacher said, I said, I was trying to do something like draw or play with Play-Doh something. And she said, you can't do that. And I said, why? And she said, because I said so. And being me, I'm like, that's not what my parents said. My parents said that I can be anything I want to be. My parents said I could have anything I wanted to have. If I work hard enough for it, I can be anything and do anything. I can achieve it. She said, not in this class, you can't. I'm like, no, I can, I can. No, you cannot. To the point where she took what was in my hands, I think it was Play-Doh or something. She shook me like this at my shoulders and said, you cannot have anything you want. That is not life. You cannot be anything you want to be. That's not life. There are guidelines and parameters you must stay within. You cannot have what you want. You cannot be who you want to be ever. She had a bad day. I don't know what the hell. I was devastated. I ran home. I cried the entire way home. I walked home. My mother hurt me blocks away. I probably sounded like bloody murder. And she was like, what happened? And I told her and she tried to undo it. But whatever happened that day, I was told no. And I took it and I held on to it in my heart. And from there, that damaged me, especially professionally, for decades. Because subconsciously, I never felt that I could have what I wanted. She took something from me that day, and it changed me forever. And it wasn't a good change. Because I always struggled after that to find my purpose. And I never felt good enough. And I never felt like I could be who I wanted to be. She crushed me. She fucking crushed me. I would never do that to a kid, to anybody. 
ever. And, you know, 11s, we like our revenge. I'm a lot older now. I've learned a lot of things and I forgive her. But that was a very bad thing to say to me. One so sensitive. And what I learned was that you can't take, you know, we feel things personally that people say, and they can hurt our feelings very easily. So I had to learn to be tough. A lot of you probably have. And that sucks because we don't want to be that person. But if you're a marshmallow inside, you can't roam around with all the normies who are, they're like boulders to you. They'll hurt you. They'll crush you and they'll take your light. So it's now 11-11. So those are three things that happened to me. I will tell you with that biggest disappointment, there's a part of me that never gave up fully, right? So you all asked me um, when I talk about my life and talk about some of these things that were lessons and some were very difficult, I never ever fully gave up on myself. I would surrender, right, to God, but there's always a small part of me that would be like, can't have that. That's mine. Like my heart, my intuition, my gifts, I, I surround that stuff like a fortress. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you hurt me physically, mentally, but you can't have that part of me. Never. Nobody will get that from me. That's mine. And that's when I would take something like that and turn it into fuel. I would turn that from her saying you can't to me thinking, turn that around. You can, you can. And here's why. And I'd give myself examples of people that I looked up to, right? Actresses or famous people that were making lots of money, doing great things in the world, singers, because I love music. And I would be like, they can do it. I can do it. It may take me a while to figure it out, but I will because I do have talent. Nobody's ever going to sit there and say that I don't. And that's their reality, not mine. That's not mine. I, you can tell me no all day, but I don't have to prove a thing to you. So I've always used the negative to be, okay, let's turn this around. How can I turn this around? What does it look like for my betterment? And the other thing was I did learn, it took me a long time with this particular one, but once I learned this lesson, I applied it always and I can do it now really quickly. That is don't hold on to stuff because when you do that and you let it in your heart, that's when it becomes a belief. And that's when it starts to rule you because we go by our beliefs, right? In life. If you believe that you can make a hundred thousand dollars and have your own business or work for somebody else and make a hundred thousand dollars, if you have that belief and you nourish it all the time with visual visualization, you can do it and you will do it. But if you don't believe that in your heart, it doesn't matter what I throw in front of you. I could give you all the money in the world. I could give you a roadmap. I could give you my testimony, everything. It will not mean anything because in your mind and your heart and your brain, you're saying, I can't, I can't money. I can't. My ceiling is like 60. That's it. I don't even know why. That's when, if that's you, you need to hire me because I struggled for decades with money problems, decades. 
I had such a scarcity mentality about everything, especially money, because I was bad at math, very bad at math. I would frustrate my parents, everybody. They thought I was fooling around just to make them crazy. I'm like, I'm not, I don't actually get it because I'm so creative. My brain does not think like that. Like if it's, it's one plus two equals three, my brain's going, well, why can't one, why can't it be one plus one plus one? Or let's start at the three and work backwards, right? It was always kind of crisscrossing like this, trying to find different answers because I was never satisfied with other people's answers. I wanted to find my own answer. That makes sense, right? So I never gave up fully. I really embraced challenges. And the older I got, the more I knew, don't take things to heart. Do not. All right, guys. Well, I hope this helped you. This was just a small slice. I'm going to be doing these every couple of days. I hope that they help you. It doesn't matter what number you are. These are just some life lessons that I learned. And hopefully they'll resonate with you. Let me know in the comments if this is helping. If it's not, that's okay. Let me know that too. And uh, all of the information on how to work with me is below. Basically, just email me at J, my last name, Salant5 at Outlook.com. Okay, guys. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon.